E3 may be over, but there's still a lot of news to cover on this exciting episode of Kingdom Hearts Union! Hi everyone, and welcome to the 99th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Sabrina! Hello! How's it going? It's good! Good. Talk, oh, talk man. to you guys in a while. Oh man. Yeah, it's, it's so been much a while. happened. I know. Too much, too much. Oh goodness. I'm so tired still. <laughs> For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, and at KHUltimania. On Twitter, for this episode, we have two segments. Our first segment is our news segment, where we're going to be going through in depth a massive uh, interview that Tetsuya Nomura did with Famitsu post-D3, so uh, that's going to be super awesome. And also, uh, we have a special second segment, our Patreon executive producer chat with Nico Gonzalez. Woohoo! Woo, yay! So... This is a really great uh, opportunity. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. In the way of announcements, all right, so first, real big announcement, even coming before the Patreon stuff, which we normally put first. We are currently, if you haven't noticed, on episode 99, which means next episode is going to be our 100th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. Yeah. That oh my god, is... it's been a hundred episodes? Holy. I know. <laughs> so yeah, that's a big deal. And uh we wanna we wanna treat it like a big deal. So on July 9th, which is a Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, so that is at, at nighttime, uh, we are going to be doing a live stream version of Kingdom Hearts Union. We will be uh, basically recording our show as we record it normally, but we'll be doing it live and we'll be doing it uh, with you in involvement with the with the episode directly live for the first time ever. Whoa. Whoa. Yay. So uh, yeah, July 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be Twitch TV slash KH Union. If you uh, have ever been to any of our deep dive streams, that's the place we're going to be. So definitely keep an eye out for that. As far as what we're going to be doing for the live stream, as of right now, uh, I've got at least two ideas for segments nailed down. I, I Well, kind of, kind of nailed down. Uh, first segment I want for sure. I don't know if it'll be the first segment, but the first segment I know for sure that I want is, the Kingdom, is Kingdom Hearts University. I want to bring it back for this special episode, Kingdom Hearts University Live. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Kingdom Hearts University, basically, uh, Kingdom Hearts University is a segment where we go out and we find a particular subject in the Kingdom Hearts series that isn't quite well understood or even well covered, or maybe it's just a point in the series that people get kind of confused about and might need a refresher on. And basically, we go through, we explain as clearly as possible that particular point in the Kingdom Hearts series, and we also have some really ridiculous trivia involved in it. <laughs> I mean, really hard trivia. Really hard trivia, basically. Usually, we can get, we can't get. Which, yeah, basically, I d- I design it so that I pick trivia that almost no one will get unless they Google it, and uh, yeah, basically, it's it's all about learning. So that's Kingdom Hearts University Live. As of right now, I do not have a subject in mind so what i would like from you guys if you guys have any ideas for what you would like covered in kingdom hearts university live as a subject please send us your suggestions to khuquestions at gmail.com just you know in the subject line say something like oh kingdom hearts university live subject suggestion something like that uh you know as long as you send it there i'll figure it out also uh you guys can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash ffkh union just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called please be excited our patreon executive producers for this episode are christian burge william trengrove who is at varnish the azure uh tiger crane who is at pow milkshake we've got barry norton who is at nortron zero 
Skylar Loveless, Josh McNabb, who's at J2K9, Nico Gonzalez, who's at Nick underscore Knack95. He's going to be the one on our uh, second segment, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Michael Graham, we have Harley Crawley, who is at DarkZTOkami. We have Peter Lamb, Thorn Bullen, and uh, Savvy, if you could take these last ones. Okay, and then we got Alex Trotman at Akira Name Jin, uh, Manning Franks at Like underscore Peyton, Keith Field uh, at The Mighty Keith, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Mike Shirley Donnelly cur- at Curious Quail, Joni Oja at Decor, dot Core for Life, Mohammed Quayam, Genesis Alejandro at Junisan7, and lastly, Zelda Clone at apes type novels Alrighty, and uh be a part of the show send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com also uh this saturday join us on our twitch twitch tv slash khunion for uh the kingdom hearts union deep dive stream Woo-hoo. Yay, we just we just finished the uh the sora side of chain of memories so now we will get started on the riku side uh, I don't know for sure if that's going to be done or when that's going to be completed. Uh, but from what I can tell, the Riku side seems to be a lot shorter uh, than the Sora side. So it's possible that we might finish it next stream. But it's also possible that it might take two streams. But I would not see it taking more than two. So uh, definitely join us for reverse rebirth mode of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. All right. It's time. For the news segment! Yay, news! Alright, so uh, this is a beefy one. I gotta say, uh, this was a big Femitsu interview. Uh, It's rare that we get this opportunity with Nomura, but uh, Nomura came and he delivered, uh, which is pretty uh, pretty amazing. So Nomura was not at E3 this year, unfortunately. It was just Taisui, but Taisui is great. He's a great guy. He speaks English. Makes makes things a lot easier. (laughs) But uh, Nomura stayed back home, and he spoke with uh, Famitsu, and I believe also Dengeki, but we're just going to focus on the Famitsu interview. So we've got some highlights from that interview. Uh, I want to say first, let's talk about the Kingdom Hearts 3D stuff, get that stuff out of the way, because it's the less less new stuff. (laughs) So firstly, uh, you can obtain all the Dream Eaters that were previously exclusive to AR cards in Kingdom Hearts 3D, uh, within the game itself, so it seems like uh, you'll be able to, like, I guess, like fuse or capture or whatever, get your dream eaters that you would typically only be able to get with the AR cards that came with the game. You can just get those in the game themselves. Moving on, uh, both in-game trophies and PSN trophies are supported. So another another thing to note is that uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, Dream Drop Distance, much like a lot of the Kingdom Hearts games, uh, there, there's always those Jiminy's Journal uh, trophies. Uh, th- that were in there before like PSN trophies even were a thing uh, the- those are still there they're still intact so all those trophies still exist but also there will be uh, PSN trophies as well and oh yeah and this is really important I know my favorite one actually out of this ev- everyone <laughs> this can game. breathe a sigh of relief the time between drops in uh, Dream Drop Distance has been extended oh man uh, yeah, Do you the know one... how mad I've become? Like, uh, fighting bosses and you just exactly. end up dropping and you're like, uh, no. Yeah. Oh. That that killed Spellican for me. That made me really hate the Spellican boss fight. I'm sure a lot of people can agree that drops yeah. ruined that boss fight. It just makes it even worse because it was so hard to get to him and hit him. So it's, it's really good to hear that the drops have been extended. Uh, and then the final bit with regards to Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance is that this game runs at 60 frames per second. Whoa. Holy. That's, that's, uh, that's new. That's, that's really new. new. And as Namora described it in his words, uh, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance is running at 60 frames per second as a, quote, series first experiment. Hmm. hmm. That's interesting. I like that wording. I'm a fan of that yep. wording. A series first, which sort of indicates that, hmm, if this is the first, maybe it's not the last. Ooh. All right, so moving along to Kingdom Hearts key stuff, uh, specifically back cover. So Kingdom Hearts back cover, interestingly, is the target for the quality 
of Kingdom Hearts 3 cutscenes. That's pretty amazing, actually, because uh, Kingdom Hearts back cover, I mean, for me personally, back cover was like the surprise of that trailer. Like, I did oh, not yeah. expect it to look that cool. Like, Oh, yeah, me, it looked really good. I was really excited for it, too. Yeah, for me, back cover is like the the surprise of zero uh, of it's the surprise of kingdom hearts 2.8 in the sense that it is like i personally did not expect it to be animated cutscenes at all i for, for whatever reason i thought it was going to be like uh you know something you you sort of read and wasn't really that important but no it's like an hour-long animated movie effectively and on top of that it looks better than 0.2 so and it looks really really polished so i'm really excited for you know that and and you know the whole idea that this is going to be the uh standard for what kingdom hearts 3 cutscenes are going to look like so i'm excited and i can't and it makes me think like i can't wait to see kingdom hearts 3 again and see what the cutscenes are going to look like because personally i thought the the e3 cutscene that they showed with uh young ericus and young xehanort looked good but it was a little it was a little on the rough side. Like it definitely didn't look as good as what they showed at E3 2013. Right. But like if they if it's going to be targeting the way back cover looks, I can't wait to see what it looks like now. So that's super interesting. I can't wait for back cover. That's that's apart from 0.2, that's my most exciting thing about uh mm-hmm. 2.8. Now moving on to the more juicy stuff, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. So first bit they sort of uh, mentioned earlier, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 releases in December worldwide, but Nomura clarifies that uh, it will likely come out a little bit earlier in Japan uh, in the order of a couple of days. So I would just recommend when when the Japanese release date is coming along, close your eyes. Don't look at Twitter. Go away. Don't look at it at all because... You don't want to have that spoiled for you. Yeah. Well, uh, their, their stuff comes out on, on Fridays while we yeah, have it on exactly. Tuesdays. So exactly. that's probably the few days. That Exactly. That's probably the few days he's referring to. Uh, also, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 is in the final stages of production. And the English voice recording is complete already. Ooh, sweet. For the whole thing. So that's that's pretty crazy, and that kind of like feeds into some of those uh, rumors that we're hearing from the voice actors saying, "Oh, I'm done with my recording. I'm done with my recording." But at least in their cases, they were talking about Kingdom Hearts three. So we'll have to see how that uh, how that factors in. But man, just to think, Kingdom Hearts two point eight. It's like it's like done. You can just watch it right now. <laughs> you can watch you can watch back cover if you wanted to. You can play through uh you can play through 0.2 if you wanted to uh all right so the next bit of interesting stuff uh this refers to the ending oh oh uh by the way spoiler warning if you don't want to know about the uh demo of 0.2 and how that ends uh this next bit is a bit of a spoiler for that so if uh if you're still with us you're okay with that so after aqua enters so at, at the end of the demo uh, Aqua is at the precipice of the, or at the uh, entrance of the Castle of Dreams. Has not gone in yet. You know, encounters Terra, uh, realizes Terra is just a, f- a figment of her imagination or uh, or a fragment of her memory, rather. And then after that, apparently what happens is that Aqua will enter the Castle of Dreams and immediately is whisked away to another world. So it's as if she walks through a portal and she is in another world. Ah, and I would personally... I would personally assume that the world that she goes to would probably be another Disney world. Because if you remember, the uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep Volume 2 trailer, that was sort of the way that went, was that we were constantly being bombarded with all these different worlds that they were showing. So perhaps this is the way it will go, is that you will constantly be going to these fragments of worlds so you'll start in castle the castle of dreams area and then you'll go through that door and you'll end up i don't know in neverland or you'll end up in destiny islands or you'll end up in twilight town you know it could be anything really so maybe it'll be something like that and that's kind of similar to the uh to end of the world in uh kingdom hearts one 
where you go through that one area where you go to all the pieces of the world towards the end of uh end of kingdom hearts one and uh end of the world so maybe it'll be oh, something right, right, yeah. like that so we'll, we'll have to see but it's yeah the way no more described it is there are in 0.2 it's several worlds that are sort of merged together so uh so yeah once once you enter castle of dreams don't expect to uh have a ball you'll be going somewhere else <laughs> next next bit and this is really interesting uh, according to Nomura, the length of 0.2 is quite substantial, <laughs> which isn't, uh, which is very vague, but Nomura elaborates, and this is <clears throat> a direct quote from the interview. At first, I was saying it will be the length of one world, but when I did a playthrough from start to finish to check it, I thought this is actually pretty substantial. Ha ha ha. I know there are some out there who who are expecting it to be over in 30 minutes like a demo but that's absolutely not the case there's story advancement and lots of cutscenes so even though there aren't many world it says even though there aren't that many words but i'm guessing it might be worlds i believe you will be able to fully enjoy the new kingdom hearts so yeah basically uh initially he was saying 0.2 0.2 would only be the length of one Kingdom Hearts world, but it seems like it might be a bit more substantial than that, which is exciting. So yeah, which is good. Like you, and it won't be over. Won't be over in 30 minutes. <laughs> That's for sure. I can <laughs> say just very comfortably after playing the the 0.2 demo, it definitely would not be over in 30 minutes because the demo alone was like 20 minutes, and okay. not that much happened. I mean, a lot of gameplay stuff happened, but not, not that much story stuff happened. No, it's just story and development, so yeah, exactly. It's longer. So there, and on top of that, that wasn't like even close to the entirety of 0.2, and that wasn't the beginning. So I'm assuming there's probably going to be like some opening cutscene, probably in the realm of darkness, like the like the standard default realm of darkness area, kind of like the place you explored in the secret episode during birth by sleep and then maybe it'll transition after that into castle of dreams and then you know from there you'll go to another world and from there you go to another world so we'll see how many worlds we can visit uh so yeah that's that's pretty amazing also another thing Nomura clarified kingdom hearts 0.2 and kingdom hearts 3d are very important to the story of kingdom hearts 3 and should be played prior to starting kingdom hearts 3 uh, that's obvious to us Kingdom Hearts fans, but yep. Nomura, goes, Nomura goes on to elaborate that, by the way, Kingdom Hearts 3's intro is short, and it begins straight away. Uh, but uh, both, so, but I am thinking very precisely about how to make sure both those who have been with the series for a long time and those for whom this will be their first Kingdom Hearts title will be able to follow along. However, the details and particulars will be told in Kingdom Hearts 3D and Kingdom Hearts 0.2. So please play Kingdom Hearts 2.8 while waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3. It will make the flow of the story easy to grasp for those who want to know everything in detail as they have up until now uh, before the journey begins. I think it's best to play Kingdom Hearts 2.8 in preparation. So this is an interesting... (laughs) This well, is an interesting that everybody that's hoping for this for an Xbox One. Oh yeah, have poor, to buy a PS4 just to play it to understand. Poor, but yeah, poor it? Xbox people. But <laughs> what's what I find really interesting is how you know he said it himself. You know, the Kingdom Hearts three intro is short, and it seems like you know j- just for emphasis, you should really play these games. It kind of makes me remember back to the kingdom hearts two days where we had chain of memories and there were a lot of people that just went straight ahead and played kingdom hearts two after playing kingdom hearts one and they didn't play chain of memories and then it's like oh wait why is sora in this bubble why is why are we playing as roxas exactly who are all these people i feel like that's kind of the situation we're gonna find ourselves in and uh, bef- before we continue on discussion on that point, because I think this sort of ties in v- very well here, is as a result, Kingdom Hearts 3 has a relatively short opening, and Kingdom Hearts 3 is overwhelmingly big. So Nomura goes on to say that it's not that I've spread the story out. Perhaps it's more that 
I've separated the parts that would have ruined Kingdom Hearts 3's tempo if they had been told then. In fact, Kingdom Hearts 3 is overwhelmingly big, so it's not that content has been shaved off, and it's something that I've worried over how to handle. And then, to me, I've made a lot of RPGs so far, and I think rather than listening to long explanations at the start of the game, we want to enjoy the adventure right away. So I decided to try and keep the opening exposition part of Kingdom Hearts 3 as short as possible, because that may be... Uh, because of that, maybe people will be like, why is Sora here? They might have a feeling like that uh, at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 3, compar- as Kingdom Hearts 3 begins comparatively abruptly. Of course, if you keep playing, you'll work out the minimum of about the situation. So, to me, again, this sounds like very similar to Kingdom Hearts 2. You know, it's as if Kingdom Hearts 3D is our, is our chain of memories, but 0.2 is our Roxas episode, and it's cut yeah. out. It's as if Kingdom Hearts 2 were to start at the point where Sora steps out of the pod, and it doesn't start with Roxas. That's what it sounds like to me. Right. Yeah, I would think so as well. Because I think, I, I basically, I think he got, the, he got the memo that Kingdom Hearts 2's opening was way too long and boring, and nobody understood what was going on, and they just wanted to get to playing Sora. So, exactly. Like, I had I, friends that, like... They didn't play Channel Memories, and but mm-hmm. they played Kingdom Hearts 1. They're like, I don't even know who this person is. Exactly. Like, so, well, like, now people have to, like, really understand. Like, even from people who played the series, and mm-hmm. they're like, should I play the rest of them? Like, you probably should to yes. understand the story, because you won't get it. You're going to ask questions exactly. during it's, it. And it's, it's like, no, just, just play it. Play if you can, or just watch it. What's right? really like, sad is I keep seeing on more general gaming forums, not Kingdom Hearts ones, but on more general gaming forums, anytime there's a thread about Kingdom Hearts stuff, and then they say, like, oh man, I I don't understand anything that's going on in this trailer. Uh, You know, what should I play? I've only played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Well, you missed most of the series, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) That's just how this goes. Like, literally, Kingdom Hearts 2 is a decade ago, and Kingdom Hearts didn't stop releasing games, and all of them are canon. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting situation once once the games finally come out. Um, it's really sad because Kingdom Hearts gets a bad rap for being confusing, but honestly, I feel like most of the confusion comes from people not playing all the games, which, to be fair, it's not their fault. Yeah, it's not their fault. You have to buy another There's a lot of games, and, there's, and there handles. are a lot of platforms. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not their fault, but it's you know it sucks that they won't be able to understand it. So, yeah, I'm hoping in the future... Uh, for future Kingdom Hearts titles, you know, pl- for one, platforms won't be an issue, and for two, I hope none of this matters for the future saga, so people can start fresh. Because uh, yeah, asking people to play, you know, we're going on almost ten games now, and they're all pretty long, you know, at least you know thirty to forty hours a piece, you know, that's a tall order to get into a you know a big RPG series, so. I'm hoping they f- they fix that, uh, but yeah. It, it, also, I think the 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 most important point that we need to talk out about in this particular quote is, in fact, Kingdom Hearts three is overwhelmingly big. <laughs> that's good to hear. Yes, Nomura, that's, thank that's you. That's very refreshing to hear. Because you know, in in an era where games feel like they keep getting shorter and shorter, it's nice to hear that. Oh. Kingdom Hearts isn't going to be shorter. I will spend I think, lots of time playing. That's what I'm hopeful. Hope for. Ex- yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's kind of telling that in Kingdom Hearts 2.8, you know, we've got Kingdom Hearts 3D. That's a you know, 40 hour RPG. We've got 0.2. That's at least at least as long as one Kingdom Hearts world. So you're looking at like an hour, hour and a half around there, like minimum. Yeah. And then you have uh, back cover, which is another solid hour at least. So it's interesting to to see, you know, just how proficient the Osaka team has been in creating all this content. I'm really surprised, honestly, about how they're able to put so much into back cover. Like an hour, it's an hour long. That's insane. 
especially at that quality. So you can only imagine uh, what Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be like because, you know, back cover clearly was not developed with the entirety of the Kingdom Hearts 3 staff that, you know, it, you know that's just, you know, the team that was working on 2.8. So it's interesting to see how much will go into uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 now that, you know, back cover's done and 0.2 is basically done. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how big this game is. And I think part of it, honestly, is... You know, these companies are geared up to make these massive games. And sometimes these companies are making open world games and they don't have enough staff to fill an open world. But Kingdom Hearts 3 is not an open world game. It's a It's got large worlds in it, but it's not open world. So instead of having, you know, these massive environments that uh, are seamless, we're going to have a lot of content. So I'm excited to see what a game like that in this era would be like because i don't think we really have you know many games like that anymore it seems like everybody just wants to make open world games these days and then most of the budget goes to making that big old world that you uh put all that budget into so it'll be interesting to see i i really want to see the comparisons (laughs) between uh you know the volume of content uh between uh like kingdom hearts 3 and and Final Fantasy 15. I think that will be an interesting comparison. So I think that pretty much wraps up our new segment. I hope you enjoyed it. This was a big, uh, big topic to cover. Namora really did say a lot. So now moving on to our Patreon executive producer chat with Nico Gonzalez. Hello, Nico. Hey, how's it going? Oh man, you've been supporting our show for a long time. I've seen you in comments and submitting us questions. So it's so awesome to have you now for the first time here on the show. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've been listening to the show for a long time since the beginning actually so oh wow awesome so uh, it's really cool to support you guys and then submit comments and questions and you guys reading them so yeah (laughs) definitely definitely it's uh, i'm so excited because you know as as you know this is episode 99 so next episode it's episode 100 it's a big one yep so uh actually let me let me see if you have any suggestions real quick because you're always good at at sending us suggestions Uh, earlier in the episode i asked people what their suggestion would be for a new version, a new edition of Kingdom Hearts University. Because my plan is I want to do a Kingdom Hearts University segment on uh, on the 100th episode. I want to do it live, you know, but I don't know what it should be about. Is there any particular thing in the Kingdom Hearts series that you would that you feel is currently not well explained that you would want explained further? Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of things, but... Um... Maybe possibly the Keyblade in general. That would be something nice to know. It is the Keyblade is eccentric, so maybe. <laughs> but um, the Keyblade, I would say, and then what, like the who the Princess of Hearts are, maybe, maybe how they're important. Okay. Maybe I could tie both of them together and talk about uh, the basis for the Kingdom Hearts Three conflict. Yeah. You know the Keyblade War, how that has to do with the. Uh, the princesses of heart as being a failsafe for that for for the bad guys and then the uh the key blade being like uh seven pieces of light and 13 pieces of darkness <laughs> maybe that could do with some brushing up and it's also topical because you know kingdom hearts 3's coming eventually right yep, yep i hope so so yeah you know what that's that's a good idea i'll keep that in mind all right so I think uh, we should get this chat going on with a little bit of a warm-up. I think I think you can find out a lot about people when you ask them about their favorite Kingdom Hearts titles, their least favorite Kingdom Hearts titles. So I want, I want to know yours. So first, Nico, what is your favorite Kingdom Hearts game? Favorite out of all of them. So I was listening to your podcast when you guys named off your least favorite and your favorite. And me <laughs> saying this, I'm going to be in the minority of all of you guys. Yeah. But um, actually, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories is my favorite. Mm. You know what? I'm finding a greater appreciation for Chain of Memories now because we're playing through it. Uh-huh. Uh, but I found a both a new appreciation and a new hatred for Chain of Memories. <laughs> yeah, I love so I find a, a new appreciation for the story. I love the story and I love the cutscenes. And I actually really surprisingly, I didn't think I would. I really love the in between like Disney stuff. I actually like the Disney stuff way more than the in between floor cutscenes, which are fine. I yeah. think those are, you know, it's, it's a good story. And it actually has probably some of the best animation in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say that for, for one. Yeah. But after last stream, when I had to play uh, uh, and actually fight against Marluxia, 
Uh, I actually realized, man, I really don't like the combat in this game. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm okay with the combat. I really hate the camera in, yeah. in, in Rechain of Memories. There's t- too much in that game that requires like a good sense of depth perception, I want to say, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of weird, where you don't need that in 2D because you know, you're seeing it on a flat plane. But I do like it. I do appreciate it. So what about Chain of Memories uh, makes it your favorite? I feel that there was a lot of different... The organization was one of the, the coolest part of that because Axel, even Vexen. Yeah. There were, there were some pretty like interesting characters that you don't really see that much at that They're time. a lot more mysterious. A lot more mysterious in this game than in any other. Yeah, for sure. And then the character development between Sora and Nominee. I thought it was interesting because I feel like Sora got a lot of character development and it frustrated me that it all just went away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, actually, I would say character development in general in this game is very strong. Yeah. So that's good. So Chain of Memories, you like it. Character development, uh, story-wise, uh, Organization 13, great. What is your least favorite then? The Recoded series. Recoded. <laughs> okay, so so we're at least, at least in agreement there. Recoded or yeah. Recoded. If you had to list your top three things that a Kingdom Hearts game must deliver on, what are your top three things? Because we we sort of talked about that on the on that episode. Yeah, um, top three. My number one would be story. It's got to have a good story, cohesive. Although Kingdom Hearts cohesiveness isn't strong sometimes, but it does have good stories that you can connect with for the most part. And um, second thing would be gameplay. Okay. And then the third thing for Kingdom Hearts games would be how true they are to the Disney worlds, but how original uh, they are at the same time so yeah i think that that makes sense uh given your favorite and least favorite game and i think one last question is what was your first kingdom hearts game so my first kingdom hearts game was chain of memories the original ah uh, yeah i see i knew it i knew it so maybe maybe there is a little bit of first game syndrome there but that's good maybe. that was a good first impression for you yeah. a good first impression of the series it was, it was a funny story actually um the game came out when I was in the original Kingdom Hearts. It came out when I was in second grade. Yeah. So my, my mom thought it was just a melee-based ba- game the entire time, and it is. But she thought there was, like, she didn't like the idea of me killing Disney characters because that's what I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. when Chain of Memories Not rolled quite. around, I was in fourth or third grade. And she let yeah. me get that because it was on the handheld. And then I yeah. played that for a bit, and I realized I thought it was just a remake for the Game Boy. But, oh. Because <laughs> just by, you don't know much just from the box. So that's what I thought. Yeah, exactly. So when I actually played it, I showed my mom. I was like, hey, this is not a bad game. Can I get the PlayStation 2 game. version? She got it yeah. from me for Christmas, and then I finished Kingdom Hearts 1 before I went back to Chain of Memories. Oh, that's great. So, all right. So I think that's a good warm-up. I want to get your reaction, though, to some other maybe more topical things. So... How did you feel about E3? E3 was pretty big this year, but maybe not so much for Kingdom Hearts. At least I, I think it was actually pretty big. But wh- what's your take on it? Well, E3 this year compared to the other ones, I would say yeah. it's pretty disappointing. But it, they did show a lot of good stuff about 2.8. So I, I loved what they showed with, um, of course, with 0.2. Gotcha. And then yeah. with Dream Drop Distance and uh, Back Cover. Yeah. But, um, the lack of Kingdom Hearts 3 killed it? Yeah, because what I compare... Because yeah. usually... When Kingdom Hearts 3 was first shown, that was my first time watching E3 live in general. Oh, wow. So, and they didn't, we had no idea that they were even yeah, making exactly. this. So, my mom was like, why are you screaming? Are you dying? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a big deal. So, every E3, I kind of compared to that moment. That was like my first yeah, real yeah. E3 moment. So, this is exactly. kind of like, oh, it was, just, it was cool. And it was really cool to see Aqua and Terra and Unreal Engine. And then watching yeah. the gameplay and then seeing how it's evolved. That was really cool. And I like yeah. I like where they're going with it, but I wish mm-hmm. we saw just a little bit of Kingdom Hearts three, maybe like a concept art or something. Yeah, like they they really could have shown just about anything, just to be like, yes, it's still in existence, it's still alive. You know, <laughs> they could have even even showed Riku in his new outfit. I would have been exactly happy with that. So yeah, I, I could I can see that it's, that actually surprises me a bit, but I I actually have heard this sentiment from other people. I think there's. Because the biggest thing that they showed off was something playable, unless you played it, it, it probably wasn't an important showing for Kingdom Hearts three for you. No, no, I, I'm I'm all for like I'm not I'm not even worried about it. Looked good, and I'm excited. It kind yeah. of excites me that this is kind of like a Ground Zeroes episode dust guy type of feeling. Yeah, yeah. because um, when it's we get into Kingdom Hearts three, we'll just get into it. Like it would just feel natural. Cause that's what exactly. I loved about the Phantom Pain was that when I 
started playing it, it like there's no learning yeah. curve. I already knew. You just start it. It just starts with a crazy. I I, I kind of hope Kingdom Hearts three has a crazy, a crazy linear intro. Sora's gonna like, wake okay. up in a hospital. Yeah, Sora wakes up in a hospital. You you get to design his face, write his name, and uh, David Bowie plays. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Something like that. All right, so. So moving from E3, how do you feel about 2.8 and Kingdom Hearts 3 in general? And also the fact that this is the end of the Dark Seeker saga. How are you feeling about this about this saga now that it's finally ending after, what, almost 15 years? How, how does it feel like to, to finally become that, finally have that come to an end? It's going to be interesting going forward because yeah. in each Kingdom Hearts game, there's always a hint of Ansem or... Xehanort or Xemnas, mm-hmm. just there's always a hint of them, and whether it's a version of them or exactly. whatever. So I'm really excited for a story without that. Yes. And do you feel like Namor can ever completely let go, though? No. I think he's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the sad thing. No, for some odd feeling, I feel like Xehanort's still going to be a character. I don't think he's going to uh, completely. Please. I don't think he's going to completely disappear. I don't think he'll be the villain anymore. Yeah. But I think some sappy ending is going to happen where he's like, yeah. I see the light. <laughs> I, I think that the, I think you bring up a good point. I think maybe the only way that we won't have a like advent children style comeback, you know, where there's just some random plot thing where, Oh, Sephiroth's back for some dumb reason. The, the only way we're not going to have that happen with Xehanort in the future is if we somehow get a good version of him existing in our timeline. So basically, like what they did in, uh, they did this in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. They had uh, Majin Buu. They had a good version of Majin Buu. That's how they, that's how they made it so Majin Buu would never come back. They made a good version and he never came back. So I think maybe we can get like young Zehnort to be good, and then he'll just be a nice guy. And then, <laughs> all right, <laughs> there you go, Nomura. You're satiated. You can keep that character forever, and he'll never be evil ever again. There we go. So that, that, that's a good resolution. So what would you like for the future of Kingdom Hearts? Now thinking further beyond the Dark Seeker saga, uh, it sounds like you don't want uh, Zehnort to be an antagonistic force anymore. Would you? Would you want him to? Would you preferably want him to be gone forever, though? Would I want him to be gone forever? I, I don't know, because he has an interesting history mm-hmm. that I f- feel like we don't know about. Maybe yeah. they'll explain it in Kingdom Hearts 3. I really want to know what he was doing while working under Ansem. Yeah. Well, ass- assuming that assuming that that is resolved, that that's a part of the backstory in Kingdom Hearts 3, let's let's just assume that Zehanort, as far as we understand, his character is resolved. We know everything about him. What would you want then? Would you want him to still be around? No. Somehow? No, I would want him gone. Okay. <laughs> as, yeah. As long as, as long as we get all the information, as long as we understand, because clearly... You know, we've been sitting through 15 years of these games. We, we need some explanation. How did you get here? You know. Do you think we'll get the complete explanation though? Uh, I think we'll get like, I think we'll get most of it, and I think any confusion and any mystery will be put in to sell a future game. So, but maybe not necessarily Zehnor. So it could be one of those situations where like, oh. Zehanort was set on the path of evil by some unknown character that, wink, wink, maybe will come back in the future, and then we know everything that happens to Zehanort after that. Yeah. So basically, we'll, we'll know everything, but maybe it started by, you know, some random evil guy, the evil guy of all evil guys. He shows up and he's like, hey, what if you were evil, though? And then, and then Xehanort's just like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Well, that's what he and pretty Zaynort's... much did to himself in the past. That, again, <laughs> but that same exact plot point, but from a different person altogether that isn't in this game, and that's the next bad guy. That's the only way I could see uh, there being any, you know, missing pieces. I, th- I think I think Nomura's going to resolve Xehanort, I think. There's at least going to be 13 of them. <laughs> in the next game so i think i think he's got a lot of opportunity to cover his backstory but yeah i would definitely agree uh whatever we can do to get xehanort out of the future story that would be great yeah 
What kind of villain would you like? Because I, I would like a villain that's kind of like between Larxene and the Joker. Mm, yeah. So I would want a, someone a more, that just a more mentally, mentally messes with Sora. It, seem, it seems like that that's definitely up up Nomura's alley. Because if you look at the uh, back cover uh, portion of the 2.8 trailer, the hooded guy who is apparently the master of masters in Kingdom Hearts Key. The hooded guy seems kind of menacing, but he's definitely a silly a silly sort. He's a silly guy. So that could be an interesting one. Um, I wouldn't mind a woman. That'd be a cool villain to have a, a female villain at the, at the core of the conflict. Uh, but I, what I would kind of like to have recaptured is... That feeling that we got in Kingdom Hearts 1 a little bit, that at first the uh at, at first the main antagonist, Ansem, seemed like it was he was actually a nice guy. Ansem wasn't uh Ansem was revered. He was a he was a nice dude, but we didn't know that secretly in the you know, when no one was looking, he was being an evil guy. So I would like a villain that you don't know is the villain right. for most of it. And uh, bad stuff just starts happening and we don't know why and uh, maybe it's more of a mysterious thing and we really maybe we, we don't even find out in Kingdom Hearts 4 mm-hmm. maybe maybe we find the villain that we're seeking after is just a puppet or uh, an illusion or something and we're we're constantly looking for the real villain and I would like to see maybe a more mysterious uh, murder mystery yeah. <laughs> type type uh spin to the kingdom hearts series add some mystery to it like who who's the villain and maybe no more can be like the villain is someone amongst you dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he's gonna pull a kojima and say it's you it's you there you go it's sora that'd be pretty interesting <laughs> if if maybe at the end of it all you realize oh wait everything that happened was a direct result of your actions in a prior game and it's your fault. You're the villain. Well, that's something I would like in the future story-wise is consequence because exactly I feel we like... keep doing we keep doing these world-altering things, and nothing bad has ever happened. Well, like, it was stated in the first game, like you're not supposed to meddle. Yeah, don't meddle in the affairs of the affairs of other worlds. But that's all they're doing. So. That's all we do. So like, it's like it, you brought up an interesting point, and I kind of have my own theory with um, King Triton. Yeah, how he is just a hater towards Keyblade wielders. Exactly. So I have a theory that maybe he suspects that Ariel might be a princess of light, and then yep. maybe and or Zaynart was there, and he ah, that's a possibility. And maybe that's why he doesn't like Keyblades because his daughter. That's <laughs> that's that's a visual I don't want in my head, but <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see what he looks like as a mermaid. But yeah, that is a possibility. But yeah. uh Moving moving forward, so more on the future of the series. What other things, just in general, would you like to see the series do? Uh, with regards to the formula, so currently uh, the formula is they travel to other worlds, and you know they're always they're always just visiting. You know, as Sora had put it, you know they're always just passing through the world. Would you like to see maybe a more uh, grounded story where you're actually in one? place kind of like a final fantasy game where there is a there is a set world that you're in and you travel throughout the world and you actually live there and and you don't have to go to other places you know would you like to see a kingdom hearts world where the worlds are connected is that you know maybe something you'd like to see yeah no i would definitely like the formula to to change up a bit maybe something happens in kingdom hearts 3 that the world's just yeah it's an apocalypse and they all just kind of mm-hmm. not directly where everyone's suffering, but it just kind of happens and they all form together. So that would be interesting. But um, yeah, it would be really, it'd be really funny if Sora like was in like this weird uh, sci-fi place and hit the metaphorical, but literal reboot button. It's time to reboot this franchise. Kingdom Hearts is light. And then he presses the button, and now the formula is different for the franchise. <laughs> now it's okay to like Kingdom Hearts again. You don't need to know anything about the prior games. Yeah. I could see a like I could see Kojima doing that in his version of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but. yeah. Now it would be interesting if actually that just happened and they didn't show yeah. it. Yeah, and you like how games are doing it, like Last of Us and even the new God of War mm. is kind of yeah. just environmental storytelling, where, yes. you, where you just see it 
you see like maybe a building's torn down and you're like they yeah, don't tell they there? don't tell you why but you see maybe like some fragments of heartless or something <laughs> so yeah exactly take take more care and more consideration into your level design make it make it influence the story as well that's the Kingdom worlds right now they kind of just look like a backdrop to a to a stage yeah, their backdrop there in the case of dream drop distance they're it's a toy that you can bounce off of you know that's that's why the world exists which to be fair that makes it more relevant than it ha- than the worlds have been in the past uh you know they, they have gave play significance but yeah it would be nice to have a little bit more story significance and more context you know you, you can maybe more believe and appreciate the worlds that you're in so yeah those are some interesting ideas hopefully uh in the future some of those or any of those get adopted and uh we'll, we'll get to enjoy a brand new world of kingdom hearts the only thing the, the only thing I don't want to imagine is how long is it going to be until the first game of that series is. Oh, <laughs> Let's just get through Kingdom Hearts 3 first. Exactly. Let's just get through Kingdom Hearts 3. All right, Nico, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you. Thank you so much for your support on Patreon and your support of, of our show in general. You've always you've always been a great fixture of, of our fan base. Yeah, no, thank you guys for inviting me to come on the show. It's been fun. All right, so now for our music segment. For this episode, we have an awesome uh, orchestral arrangement from Project Estati. This is of Riku's theme, and I picked this one specifically because we're moving on to reverse rebirth mode in Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, so definitely join us for that on our live stream and enjoy this uh, arrangement. I got to meet Project Desati at E3. They're super awesome people. So uh, definitely check them out on YouTube. Follow them on Twitter. They're super awesome people. And they have an album coming out, you know, sometime this year, probably. <laughs> Project Desati Darkness. So we'll, we'll have to see when that comes out. I, not even I know. So hopefully, hopefully they'll tell us more soon. Uh, our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 12th of July. But... You guys are not going to wait that long because we're going to be doing it live. So please join us for our 100th episode live uh, July 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Twitch TV slash KH Union. Be there or be Square Enix. But yeah, otherwise the uh, version will, the iTunes version will release at its normal time on July 12th. But if you, if you want to be cool and stay in school... You got to come to the live stream July 9th, Twitch TV slash KH Union. This is special credit hours, Kingdom Hearts University, a special seminar called our 100th Taking episode special. Taking you to school. We're schooling you, and we're answering your questions. And not only that, uh, join us this Saturday for the Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream July 2nd, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Twitch TV slash KH Union, join us there. We're going to be playing Reverse Rebirth Mode. I don't know how much, but hopefully hopefully most, if not all of it. And as always, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, or uh, Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And remember, if you guys like what we do and you want to support us, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you guys want your questions to be answered on the show, also, if you have any suggestions for the uh, Kingdom Hearts University live segment, if you have any suggestions for the subject matter for that, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. Alrighty, Savvy. It's goodbye time. <laughs> goodbye. I know. But... It's, but it's- so much has changed in the past few weeks already. I know, but it won't and be another, too long. I know. A hundred episodes, man. Holy. hundred episodes. We've got our live stream this Saturday for a chain of memories, and then we got, in two weeks, we got our live stream <laughs> for episode 100. Oh, man. I can't <laughs> believe it. We're so old. We're really old. <laughs> We're a hundred years old. That's how it works on, on podcasts. All right. Yep. So, uh, say your goodbyes. Goodbye, guys. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.